0: Donuts? I don't know. Better be a good chair then. Better be a good chair. Better be a good chair. He said, wait one second. Okay. Um, okay. The last few weeks we we, uh, handled the Hillim a little bit and we spoke about Tehillim as a Tfila. We spoke about Tehillim as Torah. We spoke about Tehillim as a schoola. um, We spoke about it as part of the recipe of Shevavim But the most obvious one that Tehillim is a song, that Tehillim is called Shiray David Shirus you know with the that Tehillim is a song is the one that we didn't talk about. So I want to use Tehillim as a song, as a as a shtickle pivot point. And uh, we'll, move on. we'll move on to song a little bit, and I'll explain what I mean. In, uh, in 1819, a shul <coughs> opened in Hamburg to compete with the main shul in Hamburg. It's a shul that led to several whole swarim being published to debate the minhagam of the shul, if you want to call it that, and amongst them is, is the topic that we're going to discuss today. But uh, let's start from the beginning and we'll get to that. So so um, everybody knows that in the Besa Mikdash they sing. There was some sort of singing going on in the Besa Mikdash, everybody knows that. The Mishnah in Tamid, the last Mishnah Tis Tamid says Hashir Leviim Mikdash, they said X. they said something else. And this is how the Shir Shal that we have in Davening came to be. It's reflective of the of the that Leviim said in the Baisa Mikdash for the Shir Shal now, all of those Shir Shalyaims that Leviim said in the Beis HaMikdash was Kapitlk from Tehillim. They're all seven different Kapitlk from Tehillim that became the Shir Yoim. Now, when it says Hashir Shalya Leviim, Hayu Beis HaMikdash, I'll just point that right away. There's, a, there's an oddity in the language right there, right in the beginning. It doesn't say Hashir Shalya Shalya Leviim, HaLeviim Beis It doesn't say the song that Leviim sang in the Beis HaMikdash. It says Hashir Shalya Leviim, Hayu Aimrim Beis HaMikdash the song that the Leviim said in the Besamekdash. Now, said is not how you describe a song. Said is how you describe maybe a chant, maybe trap. Said is how you describe something that's a little more formal, like with trap or a thing, but not the way you would describe your classic song, like with an orchestra and a song. So I just want to point that out, that that, keep that in the back of your mind. Now, there's many, many Gemaras that describe (coughs) for us the Shira in the Besamekdash, and yet, at the end of it all, we're left with precious few details about how actually it, it, it went on. For example, the, the, the Gemara in Shkalim tells us that who was at Tziltzol. There was someone who was Mamunala Tziltzol. pash Pashtus means the conductor. There was someone who was at The Mishnah in Yuma tells us Hogris ben Levi Huyidea Parakh Echad Bashir Bashir Hogris ben Levi knew Episa, Kneich in Song that he didn't want to share with his Chavayrim, and because of that, we say Yimach Shemay, We want him to remember it neg- negatively because he didn't share it. Now, the Gemara describes Hogris's Ben Levi's Parakach of Bashir, and it sounds like some kind of whistle. It says, Bashashashahiah Machnes, uh, his finger into his mouth, under between his mustache, and let out a whistle that would cause the Levi'im's head to snap back. So, again, it gives us a description of the song, but it doesn't say much about it. The Gemara in Sukkah tells us. Where the Leviim stood when they sang. The Gemara tells us there was it's Tabayus, the there were, were like uh, you know, little platforms between the Ezra Yisrael and Ezra Kehanim where the Leviim would stand and they would sing while the Kehanim were doing that Veda. The Gemara in Erechin between the Afid Aleph and the Afid Gimel has a whole machlaikis, a big arichas dekhim The Mishnah lists for us the instruments that were used in the Beis HaMikdash, and then it goes on to a big is a big Ekashir Bepeh or Ekashir Bekali. What's the main shira in the, in the Beis HaMikdash? Was it? something you did with your mouth, it's the word, it's the song that you're saying with your mouth, or is it the musical instruments was the main shear? And the gemara seems to come out to ikashir Gupe. The main shear is with your mouth. Over the years, the famous gemara that everyone knows from the song, about the tavash mini, that the, the organ that was in the Beisimiktash, the harp that was in the Beisimiktash, of Laveh is going to have eight strings instead of seven strings, and the grace of what that means exactly, because there are organs today that have eight strings also, so what exactly the gemara means is a sugi But... By the time you're done scanning all the Gemaras that talk about the Shira in the Besamekdash, you're left with very, very little information about what an actual Shira session in the Besamekdash looked like. It's clear that there was something going on. It's clear there was instruments. It's clear they sang. It's clear they had a choir. But what exactly was going on over there is something that's very unknown to us. So in the early 1500s, there was a sefer that was published called Shilte HaGibayrim from Reb Avram di Porto Leon. Rabbi Avram Shemishar Aryeh is in Hebrew. Porto Leon is his Italian name. He was an Italian doctor in the 1500s who published a sefer on the... The, the, the topic of the sefer is called Dinyanah e HaMiktosh V'Kelav. Dinyan of the HaMiktosh and the Kelum that were in the Beis HaMiktosh. And in it, he has a, an elaborate description of what Shira would have looked like in the Beis HaMiktosh. Now, keep in mind, this is, he's recreating a narrative built on his Havan of Pesukim and Gemaras, but he creates a narrative for us. Now, I just... Stam, before we go into his actual toichen, I just want to read you some of his Akdama because it's fascinating. Just to give you a... A flavor of who the person that we're talking about is. He writes, When Hashem wanted to make me smaller and to, to, to make me ill, Two years passed. I lost all use of my left side of my body. Which is, a, he's a stroke victim. He's describing being a, a stroke victim in the 1500s. Says, says, I'm stuck at home, I'm homebound. I can't do anything. I can't go outside. Because I don't have movement in my in my left left side of my body, he says. I started to do chasban nefesh. I did an accounting of my actions to try to see why was I why did Hashem choose to single me out and punish me this way? And he says, I realize it's because as it's follows: Gadla tzakas bital teru l'fnei the tzaka of the bital that I've had in my life came in front of Akadosh Baruch Hu. Why could be be alduci when I was young? I imbibed of all the all the secular knowledge. I followed philosophy before. he was actually a practicing doctor. And uh, he says, I, I spent all my youth learning secular information and becoming a doctor. And because of that, Hashem decided to punish me and made me bedridden now, he writes. So he says, the tshuva. So what am I going to do to fix it? He so says, the tshuva is to teach Torah to me and my children to make sure that I, I become totally orangutan in teaching Torah. And uh, and, and then he continues on, and probably this is time interesting to anyone with like, the Kailul the debate. He goes on to Parnassa Minay, and if I'm going to sit and learn now, so how am I going to make a Parnassa? If I'm going to have my children sit and learn, how am I going to make a Parnassa? We happen to know that, that two of his children became doctors after him. So he writes that he's going he's gonna, to, then he sets up a Sefer Al-Ibn before the Bashana, and he writes that to be Mechaper for the Avayn Bittel Taira, that caused him to have a stroke, he's going to be Isaac Batayra now. Then he continues, and he says, what the Sefer is going to be about. He says, the Sefer has 90 Prakim. Ninety prakim about the Kliya Mikdash the, the Seder of the Avaidim, the base and the Kalim that were used in it. And it says these ninety prakim are based on ninety svarim. And he lists off, Gemara Bavli, Gemara Yishalmi, Tei Sefta, Sifri, Sifra, medrush, So, Kenamaaretz is with the doctor, with all the bit of Torah, there's ninety svarim that go all the way down to, you know, the G'dayli Akhrenim, who are right before his darat, the Bishayim, the Akhrenim. He quotes ninety svarim that he's going to quote from. And then this is the, the part that would, be, that would stand out to people in our generation. He continues and he says, Then he says, The languages that I'm going to use in the Sefer, that I know how to speak besides Lashon Kadesh, is Italian, Aramaic, German, Bohemian, Latin, Greek, Arabic, Spanish, Parsi, and French. And he says, That I'm going to incorporate these ten languages into the Sefer is, Asara is 10 languages. So I'm going to use 10 languages in the Sefer, he says. And then he continues and he says, <laughs> The secular knowledge that I'm going to include in the Sefer is from the Italians, Ashur, Indians, Greek, Chaldeum, Latins, Mitzrayim, Arvim, Portugueseim, Harsiim. Again, a whole list of 10. <laughs> the Pasik that says, I'm not going to destroy Bavora Asara. So these Asara are valuable. He says, I'm going to incorporate my extensive knowledge of language and secular studies together with his very clearly extensive knowledge of Torah, as you, you could see throughout the Sefer, his, his shigur is full of sukkim and chazals and gemaras, an endless play on words of chazals and gemaras. So he says, I'm going to use my secular knowledge and my knowledge of languages together with my knowledge of the Torah to craft the Sefer on this, you know, somewhat obscure topic that people don't know about, and I'll be able to, to put it out. So then in Paragimel is where he starts handling what the, the singing in the Beis HaMikdash looked like. So he says as follows, he brings down, first he brings the, the, the sheet that he doesn't approve of. He says, <laughs> The Sefer is addressed to his children, kilu, because a chilek of the tshuva he felt was important is to transmit the Torah to the next generation, to the children. So he says, <laughs> My children you know, he says, there's many people in our nation who are foolish, they're silly, they're clean capital, they can, they think, that based on the instruments that are described in Chazal, that they use in the Mesa that it was a very simplistic type of, of music. It was, you know, a couple of whistles, some banging a little bit, just to create rhythm. It was just a rhythm with some whistles, just basically to, co- to, cre- to create cohesion amongst the singers, meaning... If you have 200 people singing, so they're, they're not going to be on beat. Everyone's going to be all over the place. So to create a little bit of cohesion amongst the singers, they'd have a beat, a, a small beat, and a guy with a conductor. And that's what he says. He says, There's rabbim b'nei that think that. And he says, So that you shouldn't be stuck with this uh, foolish idea of what the Shira and the Beis mikdash was like. He says, So I'm going to elaborate, I'm going to explain it to you. And here he goes on and he lists. He says, he starts first of all like this. He says, "Kaidua, David Melech was the one who established the songs for the Beis Mikdash. It comes from Tehillim. It's the Shir Shai Levi Yom which is all psalms and Tehillim. So he says, "Came David Melech v'ashir b'peh." had a, a very tifa, elaborate and extensive havana of music, nivnev a mishlam that was completed and built upon by ruach hakodesh with every detail of the rules of music that are used to elicit and evoke certain emotions and certain meaning every movement in music elicits a different feeling you can play music that makes you sad you can play music that makes a person happy exciting, slow she says Davut HaMelech was aware of every genre of music and all the technique the, the you know, technical knowledge that's needed to create a song that's elevating, that does what it's supposed to. When he was creating Shiraf with mikdash. understood all these rules of music. Then he brings that there are 22 different words that are used to describe song in Tehillim. Some of them Chazal say in the Gemara already. There's many that Chazal say in the Gemara, but he digs out some more of them from the Psukim, and he says there are 22 words that are used to describe song in Tehillim. He says, if Tabar HaMalik was, was providing simplistic chants, just as a chant for people to say, you don't need 22 different styles and 22 different descriptions to describe <coughs> the music. He says, Alamai, Tabar HaMalik was describing a very elaborate binyan in music that needed many, many descriptive words to, to make you understand what he was doing. So then he says, he has another raya. Another raya, he says, the din is, that Leviim, before they started their avayda, had to go to Le- Levy school for five years. Azai zakte gemar in Erechin and Azayiz Gepaskint in Rambam that Levi had to go to Levy school for five years before he could start being Ovid in the Beis HaMikdash. So he says, if their job was just to stand around and guard gates and to do simple things, simple jobs in the Beis HaMikdash, you don't need five years of training for that. Those that's are very simple jobs. The child doesn't do those jobs. He brings that the, the Kesef Mishnah in the Rambam, in Hilchus Kliya Mikdash, says that the job was, because Hayyiz the Chachma the of music going is, is a Tifa Chachma to understand how to play and how to sing and how to be a real musician is a very, very deep chachma. So they needed five years to learn how to do music. So basically, Levy School was the Juilliard. You went to an elite music school to learn how to be a Levy and, 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 and sing properly like a Levy. As exactly said, now he continues. Now there's one very uh, obvious weakness. What do you say? Someone only did the charm. Someone did the charm. That's true. Is that? Oh, oh he gets to that. One second. One second. There's one. There's one uh, obvious weakness in, in his argument. That the Besa hamikdash was an elaborate singing event, and that is, for, that is that that the word shira in the Torah we have many shiras in the Torah. There's ten <coughs> shiras in the Torah. We did one two weeks ago. We have many more shiras in the Torah. If you look at the trap of the shiras in the Torah, they're not songs. Meaning the Torah we believe trap is halacha <laughs> mishmeresinai. The Gemara in the Darm Daf the Zion says that Tamei Mikra, the trap that we have in the Torah is halacha <laughs> mishmeresinai. So whatever trap we're doing, if he's correct, that shira means. A ganze musical production with an elaborate uh, band that incorporated all the rules of music. Then shouldn't the trup on the on the parts of the Torah that hashira reflect this? Now he brings this. He's aware of this, and he says, "I will be honest that I didn't crack the code for how hashira and the actual Torah works. When the Torah calls something a shear, I didn't crack the code of how to you know dig out the, the rules of sheira from there. But it must be that it's some sort of complicated Shear that we're no longer aware of." and it exists. So that is an obvious weakness in his argument. Then he continues and he brings a whole set of rules of harmonies. He says the max amount of harmonies that could work harmoniously that will bring out the beauty of a song is 12. Maybe, maybe you could tell us, but he, he says there's 12 harmonies that a person could, that different people could put together to create a proper song. More than that is already just Bilbal uh, HaMeshus. That's not harmony anymore. And based on that, he, sa- he says how he, he has a pasuk in divari HaYamim HaDavraMelech it's it's like a diik, a very like a diik, and a pasuk in very yamim, How David Hamelech split up the Levi'im into a group of 288 mshayirim singers, and he says we break that down. There's 24 mshayirim. There's 24 groups that come to the Beit Hamikdash on a schedule during the year. So each one was 12. David Hamelech made sure that he had 12 singers so he get every type of layered harmony in every song by by, by the songs in the Beit Hamikdash. He goes on. He, it's it's there's a tremendous amount of secular secular words and algebra based on like Hilchus music of his day. And he then he the next parak he continues and he goes to the instruments that were in the Beis and he comes out that there's 24 different instruments. The Gemara, the Mission and doesn't have 24. The Mission and has less, but based on Sukkim and the very and other you know Favar from the Chazals that he finds, he crafts a, a concert, a string and a wind section to the to the harmonic orchestra and. He has it all figured out. It, it goes on for, for 10, 15 different pages. Don't have there, different. Adds, you know, additional ones. Say. Say. So he says the Mishnah has some, the primary ones. These are like subcategories of the ones in the Mishnah. Meaning yeah. you can have like subcategories of the instruments in the Mishnah. It continues, it's extensive, and it's, it's, a, it's a great. He creates a picture of a very beautiful Shira that was taking place. A shear that was accompanied by a, a full some, you know, a orchestra, a symphony, a choir, a layered choir with a conductor for the choir and a conductor <laughs> for the instruments. And it's a, it's a, ganz, a beautiful tiur of what Shear in the mikdash must have looked like. Now, it, the problem is that we don't have a misayra from the mikdash that says that this is what Shear looks like. This is a recreation. It's, a, it's an estimate, a recreation of what Shear in the mikdash would look like. And I just want to share how this idea of what she in the this looked like came to be a huge flashpoint later on. Let's go back to the shul in Hamburg that we started with. Um, here, so let me just... One second, no, here, I brought some papers. Hang on. So, so uh, in, in, uh, in Germany, in the late 1700s, everyone's aware, Haskalah starts, right? The reform, Haskalah. we have Moses Mendelssohn and uh, Naftali Hertz frankel and these were from people in their own life, but they started... Spawning the ideas that are going to lead to to Haskalah and to reform. Now, the Moses Mendelssohn dies already in the end of the 1700s. He's a very long time ago, and the Tamidim, and the Talmidei Tamidim are continuing the program of you know pushing the boundaries of Yiddishkeit and figuring out how Yiddishkeit should stem with modernity. You know how to bring Yiddishkeit up to speed for the for the I guess it's the 19th century. Try to bring it up to the, the 18th, the 19th century. How to bring Yiddishkeit up to speed for the 8th for the 19th century. So now in uh, in 1815. The first, what's going to later be referred to as Reform, Shul, opens in Berlin. At the time, they didn't call it Reform. It was a shul in Berlin with some alternate <clears throat> Minhagim. It's opened by a guy, um, Yisrael Jakobsen, Yisrael Jacobsen, and the Yaakov Hertz Ber, two chavre together, they open a shul. It's in, Ber, it's, in, it's in Ber's house in Berlin. And they open a shul that's going to have a lot of different shinim Minhagim that are going to you know, transition to what ultimately becomes the Reform. The kehila of Berlin, the main kehila in Berlin, becomes aware, and the rule, the government rule in Berlin was that a shul had to be a registered entity. They quickly tattle to the, to the <laughs> government, and the shul is quickly disbanded. It's gone. They wipe it away. Now, Grada, we have, a, like, a, one of the most famous later historians of the Haskalah later on is a guy, Leopold Suntz. Yamtif Suntz, his name was. Yomtev Leop- Helman Suntz. But Leopold Suntz writes, like, as a young man, he was in his 20s, that he davened in this shul in Berlin in 1815, and he writes that it was Amazing to see Jews who the whole year never stepped foot into a shul and barely kept their mitzvahs, spent the Gansi and Kippur, Oisik Tfila, and Tefillah, and them even fasted. He's married they can by this innovation that's able to bring in you know, people who have no shaykhs to shul and get them to sit through a shul. It's, it's a marvelous innovation what they're doing over there. And then it should be you know, supported greatly. And he obviously wasn't from. But, but um, that's his position. Now, in 1818, um, Baer moves to Hamburg, and he tries his luck again to open the shul. In 1818, he opens the shul again with several tikkunim. Amongst them are some tilus in German. Tilus are not only going to be in Hebrew anymore in Lashon HaKadosh. No one understands that. It's outdated. Tilus will be in German. V'ayid. They're going to start trimming certain parts of til that are, that are just too long that people are not getting from. Lamashal Chalakim, So Zimrah, Piyutim is Agurat. And they're also going to get rid of Sh'tul uh, of, uh, Sh'mon they're going to get rid of different... Uh, I'm sorry, Chazar Shatz, I think. I'm not sure. I don't remember. One or the other. I don't remember, actually. It's either Stilashem Aasar or Chazar Shatz. Meaning there's no need for two. There's no need for two. One or the other. Um, and another innovation that they incorporated is that they're going to have an organ with a choir. An organ is a, you know an instrument from the church. It's a church instrument. It's a, a wind instrument that you play with your fingers. And they're going to have a choir and an organ, and it's going to make it feel a lot more interesting and, and bearable for a young Jew who's not really holding by, by being in shul. So they opened the shul in 1818, and this, saying, this shul leads to, to several whole svarim coming out. So, so the saviour that comes out, the Besden of Hamburg, the Hamburg didn't have a rav in 1818. Hamburg didn't have a rav since Rav Naftali Akayin. Uh, um, since I think yes, yeah, since Veshav what say of Hamburg left in, in like 1800. Hamburg didn't have a rav; it had a bezdin. So it was a good, it was a ripe target for trying to open a shul there because it didn't have like solid leadership on the top of it. So he opened, they opened the shul over there, and the, the Bezdin is furious, and starts bringing Ma'asif letters to fight with it. Now, they, they publish a whole sefer. It's about 200 pages long. You can get it. It's on Hebrew books. Um, it's called Ela Adiv Bris and it's a sefer that's put out to fight against this new shul, this reformed shul that opened up in Hamburg. Now, on the header, the head page of Ela Adiv Abris, is three bulletins. Inside the people of the Meshivim, the place came right back, have extensive attacks that are that are you know wide ranging uh, attacks on Ascala on Shinoi on Minig, on Minig and all that, but on the header over here, there's is three topics that are the bullet points about what the seder is going to be about. Topic number one is also Leshanah Seder Hatfila Minbirchas Hashachar Dachar Leinu L'Shavvehach. You now that change, the seder don't be Moisif U'Migareya on anything in the Seder Hatfila from Birchas Hashachar straight through Leinu. Beis is Asul Leshpalah Seder Hatfila Lelav Lashen Don't have it in any other language. Chutz kedish only kedish the chol tefila hanetfeses shalei katikuna it's psula and you're That's critique number two. Now critique number three, and this is why I'm, this is why this has to do with us is also the nagel bebeis aknesses peshum klisheir you're to play music in the beis with any instrument. Be shabbos will be yamtiv afilah deyin yisrael even if you have a goy playing it on shabbos and yamtiv you can't do it. Now the ikur in the header over here is about a much more chumadic of playing music in shul with the uh, on Shabbos with a Goy, which is worse than just playing music in Shul on a Tuesday. Because, uh, you know, it's, it's an Amir al and it's in Shul. It's a much worse shaila. That's what the header is about. But in the different Shuvahs from the Meshivim, they address, they address the core question also. Now, just before I tell you what the uh, Chesim Sefer and Merambanet and Rebbe Kveger and all the G'dayli Adar of the day had to say about this, I just want to read you the, the, the main and uh, neged. you could call it. If you, you can't, but if you want to call it the, the, the opposition over here, the Rabbinic opposition, was, was a sefer called <laughs> Neigah Tzedek. Tzedek was put out by a guy, Rabbi Lieberman. He was formerly a rav in Hungary, Tamil Chacham, but not a you know not a not a, a, a from guy in, in in our sense. He put out a sefer called Neigah Tzedek, and in it he took a tshuva. Uh, the main like centerpiece, the tshuva that really is written by a, a rav, a of a rav who could argue with the rabbanim Neel de Bris, a, is a tshuva called Shot Kinaseemes. It's written by Reb Aaron Haran. I, I don't know if you've heard of him. He's, he's a relatively well-known guy. It's written by Reb Aaron Haraner, who was a rav in Arad, a town not too far away from the Sefer, a rav in Arad in a Hungarian town. And he writes a tshuva. It's about 20 pages long. Uh, Kinas Emes in defense of the Menhagam of the Shul and why it's good. Now, just uh, by way of, by means of a little background, Reb Aaron Haraner was a Talmud of the, of, of the Nehemi Yehuda on some level. He grew up in Hungary. He learned by uh, someone, Rabir Mio, I forgot his last name. Eventually, as a teenager, when he was 15, 16 years old, he goes to Prague to get smicha from the of Yehuda, And he, le- he draysich by the Neidebihuda. He learns by the of Yehuda for about a year. He gets smicha. He comes back. He gets married. He goes to work. He doesn't plan on being a Rav. He fails miserably at business. And eventually, he becomes a Rav. So he becomes a Rav in, in, a, in a small kahila in Arad. And. Uh, and right away, right off the bat, as a young man in his twenties and thirties, he's already making tremendous ruckus. The the first thing he was involved in was a Grace Machak is about Tfillin. Sure. Tvillin was the first one, then 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 the second one, the more famous one that he's famous for, that Yaakov was talking about, is he, he put out a sefer called Syrian Syrian Kaskas, Kaskas, Kaskasim, which is about there's a, a fish, it's called a tick fish or a sterile fish. It's a fish that has fins and scales. But the scales don't really come off. Normally, if you take a fish that has scales and you just run a blade along it like a razor, <coughs> the scales pop right off. The sterile fish, the tick fish, the scales don't pop right off. But if you soak them in like a brine for a few days to, to loosen it up, to loosen up the flesh, then you're able to take a knife and you could scrape it off without damaging the flesh underneath. So you're able to get them off because you got them. So it was a grace of Shail, if This is a kosher fish or not. Does this have the Simone Kashras or not? Now he produces a letter for the native Yehuda. His Rabbi Lashavar who says that this fish is kosher? Neidbihuda stalls to a Ramban and says that this fish is kosher. Other Rabbanim of the day were very upset about this. The Minig was not to eat this fish and feared like this was a big pirza in Kashrus of the day. And many Chuvis and Kuntresim came out against him. Ad to the point where people accused him of falsifying the letter of the Neidbihuda. Some other Tamidim of the Neidbihuda said that it was a falsification. I don't think we'll ever know one way or the other, but. That was like, he, he was involved in controversy literally out the gate. In his 20s and 30s, he was right away, he was a lightning rod for controversy. Because he was a shtickle uh, machadish and not in a good way. He was always, you know, pushing the boundaries, pushing the boundaries. So in Noigat Tzaddik, which is the counter sefer to Ilan de V'ebris, these are the two counter him, they're both about 150 pages long. In Noigat Tzaddik, there's a chuva from Rebaran Choroner, where he writes about the tremendous value of singing and playing instruments during davening. He writes, Zimra These are songs. These are supposed to be sung. These are things that come from Tehillim. They come from the Beis of They're songs. Songs should be sung. He says, You take a song, you sing it, it's able, it has the potential to be Ma'ur people in a tremendous way. And uh, it's a grace of mitzvah. And Kayedua, for Tzarech mitzvah, Amir Laakim is allowed. He even says, Maybe a Yid, Bashino, you should be able to do it on Shabbos. It's such a big mitzvah to play songs. Because to have a choir and to have songs to elevate these songs that are in tefillah is obviously a great at He's Mairich, and he spends a lot of time, you know, three pages out of the 25 is just in defense of the value of songs during davening, of singing during davening and how special that is. Now, the problem is that if we would look at the Shiltei Egibayrim and we would look at all the Gemaras from before and we would try to be madgim in our heads what Shir and the Beisah Mikdash looked like, we would probably come out closer to Aaron Kharaner than, than the Eile de Verbris. We'd say, yeah, in the mikdash, it seems like Akhapanim, there was some sort of extensive band and choir. Uh, from the Gemaris, it's hard to know exactly how it functioned. So you don't want to exactly trust the Shilte Geberim's recreation, so do something similar. I don't know, but, but Mestama, there was some sort of uh, singing that was, that was present in the mikdash. Uh, I apologize in advance. I see it's going to take me like an extra few minutes to get there, but I just want to complete the thought. But, uh, so, so in the Sefer, in Eile de Verbris, there's three different answers that the G'daylum have to this Kilu, Question: That it would look like like it's music. Asking from Shabbos. No, no, no. So uh, no, but tziruch mitzvah is allowed on Shabbos. Shvos is allowed with tziruch mitzvah. The Ramah in Simshinlamatess, uh, I think Simshinlamatess says that to, for a chasana you're allowed to have a band, the goy play on Friday night by a chasana because it's a tziruch mitzvah. So I'm um, but Tziruch mitzvah is allowed. It's only a rabbanon. It's xerish and mitakein playing music on Shabbos is not asami de'rais. So it's xerish the So Shvos the shvoz mitzvah. So some and some. Some of the Chuvas talk only about Shabbos. Some of them talk about everything. Rav Kveger, for example, in the over here, and Rav who we don't know as a grace of Kanoi. we know that some seifor was a big canay, a big askin. We don't know if Rav major. Rav is actually the one who's the shayil to a lot of these Chuvas. Rav the one who was like marshaling support from all the rabbanim of his day the fact that this, because Hamburg was his in his backyard. It was a city that's right across the border. It wasn't far from him, and he was afraid the Posen is right by the border. It's, it's uh, that close by, so he was afraid it was gonna, it was gonna. What do he say? So Posen is Germany. Posen was, has been part of Germany as much as it's part of Poland. Yeah, no, it's been over the over the border many times. But but bchalayin, brings Lamashal like this. Rukeiger brings a bereshava. The bereshava says it's brought down. This bereshava makes it the shulchan aruch. Abkhreger brings a Be'er Sheva. the bereshava. The bereshava says that back in the day, the proper way, the way the avos was bepishut yadayim, which either means like this or like this, possibly even like this, according to some this. Bepishut yadayim means they daven with their hands. Now. We don't daven like that anymore, and we know who does daven like that. In the church, they make, they daven with their hands. The hand is supposed to be in front of you like this. So Zaki brings a bear shava that says, even something that was palm, you know, back in the day, was something that was beautiful and beloved by Be'er Baruch Hu, like davening B'Pishik Yadayim, which was Mamash how the did it, but it could change. Something that was Chavav T'Hakadish Baruch could become less Chavav T'Hakadish Baruch Hu. So he says, music when you're davening the shears with the by, with a musical accompaniment, with a song, with, with instruments, Lifha, back in the day, it was Chavavetzal HaKadosh Baruch but today, that it's something that was adapted by the church, and it's the way a church looks, is no longer Chavavetzal Baruch That's what we Vegas. That's uh, his line of attack. But sefer says, sefer brings a different Some sefer says that the, the Gemara, he, he brings his vowels. he says, it's really a Pasik, he makes a dig in the Pasik. he says... Um, See, I'll, re- I'll just read you because of what you're asking. Look at the Chum says. The says, Straight up, nothing do with Shabbos. Is one permitted to play an instrument, to, to play a guitar in the beis Says the <laughs> Chum make it make it right now. Exactly, make it 2023. Sluches, Says the He says, who lived right after the beis Mekdash, in that oisit kufa. Did not choose, like technically, Shir because <coughs> They knew very they were much closer to the time when Shir was part of Tvila. They could have included Shir in Tvila, they didn't. They didn't give us uh, musical notes, instruction pages to sing Shir with the Tvila. They gave it to us just as is. So you see, he didn't want it. He says, Why? He says, from the Pasik. The Pasik says, and we say in Al naras Babel, the Pasik at Tilim, Ech Nashir Hashem al Admas He says, How can we sing Shir Hashem al Admas Necher? It says, It doesn't say, don't sing Shir Hashem in front of Necher says, meaning Shir is yes, a beautiful thing for tefillah, but not al We're not holding by that. And he says, in Kalbuchimer, in a shul. He says, really, the Gemara Dashan from this that a person is not supposed to sing at all. Shira is awesome. Which maybe is a sugi we should get to as, as a you know as a later week of this of this uh, of this series. But he says, certainly not in a shul, that's not allowed. Now, all these are, are very edla critiques around the edges. The, the one who who upends the apple cart, so to speak, is uh, the <coughs> Maram Banet. was the, from the Gdel Adar in Hungary, service contemporary. He had a bone to pick with Aaron Charon for a long time. Many of the earlier fights, Ramat Chabanet was involved in heavily. And I'll just read you like this uh, gentle quote in one of his letters over here. He says, <coughs> He doesn't know anything about Gemara and Paiskum at all. Now keep in mind that Ryan Carter wrote about 15 Svarim. So he doesn't mean he doesn't know Pashat. He just means you can't trust this guy. His whole isik and work is Bihigayin. It's, it's, it's all philosophy. It's not, don't, don't take learning from this guy. Now, he has two letters in here. In the second letter, he writes about Shir. I don't even know if I wrote it here. He writes that I, the Beis HaMikdash, you're going to tell me that it's a grace of Mitzvah and the Beis HaMikdash that used to sing and, and, and have instruments when they were davening and saying Shir, ta'kadosh Says your where does it say it was singing? He says that deek that we started off with in the, in the first place. They said it. It was a chant. He says, every time the Torah says Shir, what's the, what's the trap? The trap is chant. We chant Shira. He says, Shir in the Beis was a chant. It was like nusukh. It was like our nusukh for kol nidre, or a Nusuch for Duchening. Shir in the Beis mikdash was a chant. He says, What does that have to do? with introducing a choir and, and a 20-piece orchestra to the Besamekdash in, Shul. That's a brand new innovation. That's not something that had anything to do with the Bisa Mikdash. He brings a few more riots like this. Now, it's hard to know if he actually holds that, that that's what shira was in the Besamekdash, or he wants to take this idea out of circulation. But Ramad Chumannet was the first one to tell us that shira does not mean anything like you think it means. Shira that we think means a whole choir and a thing, it means a chant. Now, if that's what shira means in the Besamekdash, so we, we have to sort out... What is the value of singing to a Jew? Besides, I mean, we have to reorient ourselves. We know that at any, you know, get-together of Jews in B'frat, Ba'tachsidim, and since Ta'tachsidim, singing is a very central part of, 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 you know, of Yiddishkeit and Jewry and all this. So if we're to take the Maram Banet's description of the Shir in the Besamekdash, over the Shilteke Barim's description of the Shir in the Besamekdash, and look at it just as Trap and Nusuf, so then what exactly is song to us? Where is song? How does it fit in? Now, this, there's more to say on this opinion itself, we Chaim climbed Knyazsky in in the in the safer Dara Khufu the first on on Hilka's Kleiamikda I don't want to keep it here forever but we'll we'll have to continue but in Hilka's Kleiamikda he has a piece on this but we'll we'll begin then we'll begin then the first year Anyone most the you should say anyone's anyone that says that is arguments of them on I want to <laughs> talk to you also so we'll be outside